to FirstAmendmentRadio.com worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to have an interesting show for you, I hope. Before we uh, get going here, I'd like to make a few announcements. One is is that uh, we have a major national tour scheduled for March, April, May. It's going to take more than a month and a half of just traveling alone and several months of preparing for it. You can be a part of that preparation. If you have any interest in a free government whatsoever, any interest in freedom and liberty whatsoever, you need to be considering to be a part of that uh, process. You cannot simply sit and listen to the radio or send emails and be a part of that process. You have to actually get involved. And this is a great opportunity. We're going to be visiting over 30 states, and, and I don't have any idea how many people are going to be showing up everywhere. We've got a number of spots uh, that we are already uh, putting together for uh, major meetings on the weekends, but we will have meetings all week long as we travel from state to state. Uh, it is called the Whirlwind Tour. You can go to hisholychurch.org, and on the left column there will be a click to take you to information about the tour. The way to really find out what's going on in the tour is to join the Living Network. And you join the network by going to hisholychurch.org and clicking on the little guy with the net up at the top and joining a network group in your area. Whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in, we have a network group starting to form. Uh, some of them are already well-formed. They're already linking one with each other. Some of the groups have uh, actually are getting so big that we're going to be splitting them. Eventually, we will have groups based on states only. And within the states, we will probably have to split the groups because of the fact that uh, the size of the groups gets too big to carry on any kind of a conversation. Uh, but we're networked together. Everybody who joins the group must eventually pick a personal contact minister. That's somebody else in the group that they trust enough to keep them linked with the rest of the group. Now, how do you know who to trust? Well, you start out by trusting somebody. We've got a number of people already listed, a whole page of uh, personal contact ministers in different states across the country, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, North Dakota, uh, Wisconsin, Texas has a, a number of them, uh, California, uh, Oregon. Every state, almost in union, has some member, and you certainly can start picking a personal contact minister in those areas, covering those areas right now. Uh, we have probably nine volunteers. Uh, you become a personal contact minister because somebody elects you, you have to have at least two people elect you. That's two or more witnesses. And then you become that personal contact minister. You're put on another group that is more in touch, more active, and you can filter information down to your local group. We don't want you to send all the information by email. There are certain emails that go out from uh, every group based on uh, central information that comes from the central group. Almost any uh, personal contact minister on that central group can pass down information to the, to the whole group by going to the local personal contact ministers. And we use words like ministers. We could use words like team leaders, but we're a church. 
so we use word like minister. Basically, he's your public servant. And as a matter of fact, we have an election today. We have, have an election every day because you can change your personal contact minister at any time. You don't have to wait two years. You don't have to wait four years. These aren't positions of power. These are positions of service. We know from the information that we have shared with you, you should know that if you create offices of power, men who seek power will seek office. If you create offices of service, men who seek service will seek office. It's up to you. What do you want to do? Do you want to create offices of power or do you want to create offices of service? If you create offices of service, the power remains with you. You become the state. You, your status is the status of the state. And that is the status of freedom if the choice is left in your hands. If you turn over the choice to somebody else, ah, now you don't have freedom anymore. They have power. You do not. There's only so much power to go around. That's the kind of universe we live in, cause and effect. You give somebody else the power, they have the power, and you don't. You're, you're no longer the government they are. You're no longer a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. Now, a lot of people don't know how to assimilate that information, but right now, I recommend everybody join the Living Network. You join by joining those local groups and then picking a personal contact minister. And we just sent out a Living Network newsletter that goes to everybody who's picked one in the past. And we want them to make sure that the contact minister they picked is on the active list. Those that don't participate in the central groups uh, and talk with one another and get to know one another, uh, they're excluded. They're removed. Uh, it's an active group only. There is no sideline. There is no uh, buddy who can be a part of that central group without participating. If they don't participate, it's like having a dead link in a network. You, you either change the cable or you change the link. And uh, the cables are working. And so we've removed some of those links. And you can see a list of the contact ministers we have now. We don't have a visible link of the volunteers, but once you join and you pick a contact minister, you'll be given lists of other volunteers. You can ask on the local groups. The local PCMs will tell you who's volunteers on those groups. And so that you can get more and more localized in your connection and start having meetings and start seeing these people face-to-face -face and finding out who you can trust. This is networking. There is no republic in history. Pure republic in history not depend upon networking, these social networks. And a true pure republic depends on a network that binds people together through things like love and honor and faith, faithfulness one to another. That's the allegiance you need. Faithfulness to righteousness. This is what Christ was preaching. Okay, we're going to talk about guardians of the elders, guardians of the republic, the Restore America plan. Uh, involves a number of people that they've shifted a little bit. They had uh, Sam Kennedy was a big promoter, and now you hear mostly uh, Tim Turner. I'm not interested in character assassination of these individuals. You'll just have to go and study them out and meet them. I've never met them. I've seen them on YouTube, uh, but I don't know them personally. I, I hear all sorts of rumors. I'm not interested in involving uh, the show and in, in spreading rumors. But uh, you need to investigate. But uh, supposedly this uh, Tim Turner has been elected a president of the only true uh, republic there is. And what they seem to be doing is attempting to create a de jure government rather than the de facto government that they say is in place everywhere in uh, the United States today. The people have uh, as the original authority, and it's where all authority originally comes from is from the people because God creates individuals. He doesn't create groups. And then people come together in groups. And how they come together in those groups, that's often called government. But that original power, the original power to create government begins with the individual people. That's how you create a government. Two or more people gather together and they say, hey, this is how we're going to conduct business. And they agree to that. And then you have a government. 
because of the nature of that agreement. Now, the nature of that agreement will tell you the nature of that government. Is the agreement that if we don't do things the way we're agreeing now, you get to kill me? Well, that's a, that's one kind of government, but there's another one that is constantly deciding day by day mutual cooperation. They do agree on certain things. We're going to do things a certain way. Drive on the right-hand side of the road. Whenever you're going this way, down the right, and I'll be on the right, and we won't hit each other when we go by. That's government. That's an agreement. Now, if you create a penalty for driving on the left-hand side of the road, and you agree to that, then that's more. Uh, if you have a penalty that if you cause damage to me because you come over to my my side of the road when we pass and you break my wheel, you have to pay a new wheel. You're responsible because you caused the damage because you didn't do as we agreed. Well, how do we go to court? Well, you agree that we will go to court and we'll pick, you and I will pick somebody to arbitrate this issue if we cannot solve it amongst ourselves. Okay, we agree to pick a judge if we have a disagreement. There you go. That's another agreement. If you agree to pick a judge in advance, the, and you give him the power to decide, and you give him police powers so he can come and arrest you if they catch you on the left-hand side of the road, that's another form of government. So the nature of the agreement, the things that bind you together, in a pure republic you are bound together by a common sense of righteousness, by things like faith, hope, and charity, by love. That's a pure republic, because in a pure republic, you are free from things public. And we'll get in more of what that means. This republic they seem to be creating is not making you free from things public. As a matter of fact, they make reference to the fact that you're the government, you're the ones with the power, you just tell us how to do it. Well, what are the terms of telling them how to do it? Is 51% of you say, you know, you catch anybody uh, uh, driving on the left-hand side of the road, you shoot them. Then they get to do that? Because that's the majority. Is it majority rule? How? It, it's really easy to say, you're the power, you tell us how to do this, and we will do it. And it's another thing, when you tell me how they can tell you, how do they communicate to you that they want the government a certain way? Because the fact is, this group is really only a few thousand people, if that. And maybe it's 10,000 people. Maybe you can get 100,000. Maybe you can get 200,000. Maybe you can get a million people behind this. Maybe you can get 10 million. Maybe you can get 50 million people behind this. You don't, they don't have that yet, but maybe they could get that. What are you going to do with the other 310 million people in America who don't want to give up their benefits, who want to keep taxing their neighbor for their benefits, and do not want to have their new du jour government, but are absolutely content with the de facto government? What are you going to do about that? What you're talking about is two different governments existing in the same place. The de facto government exists, and we're going to show you why it exists, why it does have power, where it does have authority. And, you know, much of what I heard, I, I, I listened to a big, long video last night that just recently came out by them, and much of what they say is absolutely true. And there are a great many people involved in this movement that are really good, decent, sincere people. And those that aren't, I, I can't really tell you who they are, but I can tell you some serious, serious flaws that, I meant, that, that I'm going to be mentioning and talking about that you need to be aware of. And you need to understand. If you're going to start a venture of this magnitude, you need to understand the details because you make a false step and somebody's going to get hurt. And believe me, I've been at this for 20, 30 years and I've seen one false step after another. You need to understand the details of what's going on. And one false step can get you in a lot of trouble. You're in a minefield of danger here. And so I'm not saying don't pursue some of the things that they're talking about, but there are a few things you want to avoid. And you need to know that. If you want to understand the Constitution of the United States, don't read the Federalist Papers, which was promoting it, only. 
read the anti-federalist papers find out why so many people objected to it and there are some serious flaws in the rhetoric I hear surrounding this and it's fundamental and we're going to be covering that probably not all today uh, hopefully we will do it next week uh, as well and maybe even the week after that we've got a great deal of work that we are doing on the tour and planning the tour and doing uh, all the work that is involved there and you need to get involved in that tour and you need to get involved in the Living Network uh, it is very important and it will be very educational and it will be key to connecting the dots and the network that is necessary in order to sustain a free republic or even the church itself. The church was referred to as a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire by one of the most noted historians at the time of the American Revolution, who wrote an extensive uh, history of the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And what you're seeing today is the decline and fall of the Roman Empire again, because history repeats itself. And if you want to know what lessons to learn from that and what the early church was doing so that during this decline and fall, the church prospered as this viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire, you need to start to study history in detail. And that's what we offer. We have six books uh, available that will tell you all about it. All of them are available, uh, well, not all of them are available uh, online. Five of them are available online for free. One of them is not even available in print because <laughs> I don't sell that. You only get to see that one if you become intrinsically involved in the network and uh, congregations of record. Uh, but uh, it isn't that we're trying to hold it back. We don't charge fees. Everything is done through faith, hope, and charity. But it is uh, about what that early church was doing and why those Christians were prospering when Rome was declining. But that's another subject. Let's stick on the subject of the guardians of the Republic because you know who the guardians of the Republic really are? They're you. The guardians of the Republic is every man because in a Republic, you if you give some group power to guard you, you're in a lot of trouble. Protection draws subjection. This is throughout history, this is the law. You have to protect one another, and that's why you need to come together in these networks. Now, I, I saw a uh, uh, number of things uh, when they talk about this uh, people have this original power and wish to inhabit that original republic. And, and I ask questions like, in what context? Why do we need an uh, office of president? Because America was a republic long before the Declaration of Independence, even. Uh, long before the Constitution of the United States, uh, America was referred to, the individual colonies were referred to as republics. During the short, brief time that England became a republic, they actually sent troops over here to America to protect the American republic. So the idea that somehow or other the Constitution created a republic is just not historically correct. As a matter of fact, anybody who reads the Constitution and understands what a true republic is, the, the original concept of a republic, as it was in the Latin, libera res publica, free from things public, would read that Constitution and see very clearly that the government formed by that Constitution is not a republican government. It was a federal government, and a federal government is not a Republican government. Now, this federal government, which they point out was created on this, uh, uh, you know, small little section, Washington, D.C., uh, District of Columbia, this little federal government that was created there had no real jurisdiction in the local communities. It had very little jurisdiction outside of that little area and, and some of the other jobs that it was uh, to do. It was given at least four major powers by the states, not by the people, that were forbidden to give a government in the Bible. And the men at that time had not yet discovered that. Oh, it's right in the Bible, very clearly in the Bible, in Deuteronomy. And really, once you understand how that plays out in Deuteronomy, I can show you that Christ forbid it as well. 
and and very clearly we can show this. It's not a, it's not complicated, but we can't go into all that here, or we won't get anywhere. But trust me, for now, until you get to your homework and see what we're talking about. So in the video, we see claims of uh, foreign states are already negotiating with them. Uh, we see that they are are our group of people that don't want to deal with this corporate U.S. Uh, they say they have no disagreements for you know long periods of time during their their meetings. Yet then I hear from other videos that there were disagreements, and there's actually dissension. And there are people that are were key people at the beginning that don't want to have anything to do with them. So somewhere there's disagreement. So the, everything you hear claimed is not necessarily true because I see conflicting information coming out here. They also claim to have huge stockpiles of gold. Uh, at least that's what I'm being told they're claiming, as well as a huge amount of military support and also political support from undisclosed people that we don't know anything about, but they have to keep secret. Turner also says that uh, he does not want to hear uh, anything about complaints without solutions. Well, I'm not complaining about what they're doing. I'm just pointing out these flaws, which we haven't even really got to the serious ones. We're just talking about uh, generalities of what I hear coming out of this group. HHC, His Holy Church, we spell out a very detailed solution to the problems we see not in the United States but all over the world because we believe that Christ really brought a solution, a salvation, for this world and for the next. It's not a McDonald's-type solution. It's not a McDonald's-type recipe where you just kind of jot down your order. You know, I'll take an order of liberty and two orders of freedom uh, and uh, supersize that, please. It's not that kind of deal. You have to actually become involved. You have to put your hand to the plow. You have to put your shoulder to the grindstone. You have to actually care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. You actually have to begin to participate in a social network that is interested in righteousness. This is what Christ was preaching. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you're not doing that, Everything else you're planning on accomplishing is a waste of time. And so that is where our, our solution starts, is to actually find out what it means to seek the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not for the dead, it's for the living. It was at hand. It was an actual system of self-government, depending upon faith, hope, and charity, and the perfect law of liberty. All these things are stated over and over again. Because you've gone to the apostate churches that have been... Uh, under a strong delusion for decades, even centuries, you think that, well, I'm in the church, I am seeking the kingdom of God, and let's sing another song. And the reality is, is you're actually, by policy, in these churches, contradicting Christ daily. By policy. Not, I'm not talking about this simple little error, but by policy. So anyway, we're... We're going to go on with this. Uh, we're going to talk about this uh, concept of the historical Declaration of Independence, what really happened in 1791, what happened later on in the 1870s in the American Revolution and the uh, Civil War that followed. And the fact is, we the people, who are we the people? Most people don't understand that, and we will kill you when we return. Years ahead of the dominant media, FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, around the world and on satellite. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. 
Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? If you'd like to get a copy of this program, you may subscribe at FirstAmendmentRadio.com for only $45 a month. And you'll receive an MP3G weekly of all of our programs. As a bonus, we'll send you a password for our audio archives online. That's a $15 value. Or you may request any month of any program on one MP3 CD for a minimum donation of only $25. Or any single program on tape, MP3 CD, or CD for only $15. You may do all of this online at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Just follow the instructions to make a donation or subscribe. You may also adopt an hour of your favorite program, Please don't forget that most of the programs on FirstAmendmentRadio.com are listener-supported. Don't do Internet? Then call 559-781-3773 and we'll be honored to help you. Thank you from all of us here at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, during that break, I hope everybody went and joined the Living Network, uh, signed up for your local group, and started to try to find out who is the local contact minister and picked them and elected them so that you could get the Living Network newsletter that just went out this morning. And so that you can become a viable part of what was the early church, which was called a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire, which in Early America, unlike the churches over there in England and Europe, the early American churches were referred to as embryonic republics. And we cover that in the book Higher Liberty, which you can get for free once you pick a personal contact minister. They will send you a link to the entire book for free, as well as the other four or five books that we have available on the net. Plus, you will have somebody that will help connect you with other answers and explanations and probably a hundred hours of audios and hours of video that is available for free for those who wish to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So anyway, back to this subject in, in, a, in a video that I saw last night uh, with Tim Turner speaking about the history of this government. He said many, many things that were very, very true. And that uh, was notable. But it's a few errors that someone makes that get you into trouble. Not, you know, it's not all the bolts you put in the right place when you're fixing a car. It's the bolt you put in the wrong place or fail to tighten or leave out altogether. History. Declaration of Independence. As I said, America was already full of republics before the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence was not saying, we don't want to be a part of that government anymore, and we're going to throw off the shackles that have bound us to you and all this kind of stuff. Really what it was talking about was unwarranted usurpation. It was seizing a use. That's what usurpation is. Uh, you know, they're dealing with the word usus, use. Usurpation is uh, rapation of a use seizing a use that they did not have a right to seize. They were taxing people 
in a way that they did not have a right to tax them. Now, is that the case in the United States today? No. Most of the taxes that are being charged to people of the United States is absolutely legal. Legal, very carefully here. Uh, And you should pay them, even if you did not really fully understand the contract when you said, yes, I want the benefit. And we'll get into why I say that. But let's go on to a couple other things he mentions. He mentions in 1791 uh, was the start of the republic or the republican form of government. Boulder Dash. They had republics long before that, as I said. Even Cromwell sent over troops to defend the American republic long before that. Was the Constitution, did it create a republic at all? No, it did not. It created a federal government outside of the republics to help protect the republics because they were having trouble getting along. Now, let's get a picture of what was happening. They were having some economic problems. They were still under a lot of strain after this uh, Revolutionary War, which wasn't all that revolutionary. They just said, you know, you guys are usurping authority that you don't have. And there's only about 30% of the Americans who really were landed immigrants and, and could claim that. Uh, because they actually owned their land in tenure titles or allodial titles, whatever you call it. If you didn't have an allodial title of the land, by definition, then and now, you're still not a freeman because you had to have a piece of land on which to stand that was actually yours, not subject to taxation, uh, or you would not be considered a freeman. And they knew that. They were working there. You don't know that, or most of you don't know that, because of the fact that you went to public school. You got free education that was worth exactly what you paid for. That's what most of the revolution was about. 50,000 Americans joined the the British troops that fought against these rebellious people who said, we have our land, we are free men, you can't impose these taxes on us. Americans today are saying, you can't impose these taxes on us, and they didn't do any of the things that those 30% of Americans did back then. Now... Some of you are starting to struggle with this, but you have to do it righteously. If you don't, you will not get a righteous result. And and you need to understand what is righteous. So, 1791 wasn't the beginning of the Republic. The Declaration of Independence was about unwarranted usurpation. It wasn't about uh, legal rights or any of the, that kind of nonsense. Yes, the 14th Amendment was a major change. Yes, there had been a 13th Amendment before that was excluded at that time, but you have to remember half of the states were out. Yes, they did incorporate, but in truth, the original Constitution was a corporation. It has all the elements of a corporation, but it simply didn't incorporate all the states. The states created it by an agreement between the states. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the Constitution was never, ever, legally ratified. Clark's summary of U.S. American law. Uh, We cover this over and over again in the book. Uh, Covenants of the Gods, uh, Higher Liberty. We point this out in detail. It was not legally ratified because the states had already made an agreement that they could not change anything in the Articles of Confederation without unanimous consent first. And here comes along Jefferson and and Washington and and Benjamin Franklin and these other guys saying, here's another whole completely different government. We're going to set aside the whole Articles of Confederation. We're going to have a completely different government. But the states had to vote on this. And they did. And they didn't all agree. And they implemented it anyway in violation of their original agreement. Can righteousness come out of unrighteousness? No. That was wrong. They they coerced Rhode Island into a, a consenting. But that, does that mean that the Constitution doesn't exist? Absolutely not. It does exist. It did exist. And it was acquiesced to. Not ratified, but it's still a government because it was acquiesced to. And it was consented to by many of the states. And the states did, when they started sending delegates and, you know, congressmen and senators, you know, when they sent senators, the states sent senators because they were elected by the states. They were in. 
by acquiescence, not by ratification, but by acquiescence, because they participated. And that is a constructive agreement, because you became, you obtained voting rights within this institution that must exist. If that's not a hidden contract, that's to a construction of law, you agree. Because you sent delegates to vote. Okay? That's how it works. There is a claim coming out of the mouths of some of these people that they can't change the Constitution without we the people. And I said we were going to address this, we the people. You read the Constitution, it starts off, you know, we the people. Go down to the bottom of that paper, look at the name down there. That's we the people. They had no power to sign for you or me or my great-great-grandfather, uh, Mr. Whitaker, who was, uh, you know, he had fought next to George Washington in the Virginia Regiment. Uh, he knew these people. He didn't, I, I'd look, his name's not down there. So we the people didn't include him. It was even argued that that shouldn't even be in the document because ultimately they they knew there was no power in this document because they signed it. There's only power in this document when the states agree. And really, they have to unanimously agree. But they didn't unanimously agree, agree to ratification. They unanimously agreed to acquiescence because they implemented it before they all agreed. So anyway, the point is, here they are forming this government and the states have to vote on it. While the states were debating this, and like Patrick Henry came out, was opposing it. As a matter of fact, there were a great many men who opposed it. They, there was so much opposition, they avoided putting this constitution to a vote of the people. So much for they can't change things without a vote of the people. They certainly can. They implemented the entire Constitution without a vote of the people. That's that's ridiculous. That's absurd that they can't change the Constitution without a vote of the people. They can change it. They can change all kinds of agreements without a vote of the people, and they do it regularly, and they do it because you have acquiesced. That's right. We're not talking about hidden contracts. These contracts, oh, I don't, when you hear somebody talk about hidden contracts, you, you nip them right away. It isn't hidden. They publish everything they're doing. It's in the Federal Registry. It's in the statutes. Yes, yeah, some of the statutes, you know, they're not positive law. That's okay. It's administrative law. They're right. These courts are administrative courts. They're administrating a legal system. And a legal system is dependent upon constructive and executed contracts. Constructive contracts, that's what I think they're calling these hidden contracts. They're constructed out of law. If you send your kids to public school, that's an agreement. You're acquiescing that. You agree to the way in which these schools are financed. And they are financed by taxing your neighbor. You agree, because you participated. If you apply for a Social Security number, it's assumed you've read the Social Security Act and all the regulations. And in those regulations, the government can change the amount of money that they can tax you. And you become a surety for its debt. That's what it says. I mean, you've all read the Social Security Act, right? It's not hidden. You can go down and get a copy. You can see it online. It's not a hidden contract. You apply for a benefit. And there are repercussions. And a kind because of your application. You pray to them for benefits. You look to them for protection. For what? Social security. And protection draws subjection. Now, if you want... Out of that, you have to do it in a righteous way. You you say, well, I'm, I'm going to rescind my contract. I, I was talking about this on another radio show the other day. Rescind your Social Security number. 
and, and and the same time people talk about that, then they all of a sudden say, it's not my number, it's their number. How do you rescind their number? You're not rescinding the number. That's, that's not the way to talk about it. You're rescinding, you're withdrawing your consent. Well, you know, you can enter into all kinds of contracts and withdraw your consent all you want, but you still may have to fulfill the obligations of that contract. The same exact problem was facing the Israelites at the time, or the Judeans at the time of Jesus Christ. They had entered into a contract to a system of Social Security called Corbin, and they had an obligation to pay that. And a portion of those funds actually went to Rome. And uh, it was there was actually riots at the time of Christ that Pontius Pilate had to put down because the government used some of those funds for other public projects other than what they were intended, which was the social welfare of the people. But you had to pay into that. It was compulsory by a legal system of uh, statutory ordinances that could be changed by their Congress called the Sanhedrin. Same exact thing that we got going on today, just change some of the names and the robes and the clothes and all that kind of stuff, but it's the same thing. And Christ referred to their Corbin as making the word of God to none effect because they were binding their society together by legal, constructive, and executed contracts. And, and I'm not going to go into all of what's the difference between a constructive and executed contract. Constructive is based upon your actions and offers and participation and application and involvement, acquiescing into this system. Because if you take one single benefit and you're not in that system, then you're stealing from your neighbor. Now, the government says it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods. God says it's not, but the government says it is. And you went along with that because you elected men to take away from your neighbor to provide you with Social Security. In Israel, originally, you provided Social Security through pure religion, through faith, hope, and charity. In the early church, that's the way it was done, too. All the social welfare was taken care of by faith, hope, and charity in the early church, through the church, and nobody went to Rome for free bread and circuses. Today, in the church that you see out there posing as a church, they say it's okay to go to benefactors who exercise authority and uh, provide for you through a social welfare system exactly like that of Corbin, of the Pharisees, while Christ said that that made the word of God to none effect, and he said it was not to be that way with you. You were not to be like the rulers of other nations who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. Because the church has removed the gospel of the kingdom from the gospel of church entity, and you just go to church and then you're saved after you're dead, because it's the, it, it, what they're preaching is the gospel for the dead. The, the churches is full of people that are the walking dead that Jesus was talking about, but the dead bury the dead. You need to become the church of life. And one of the ways to do that is to join the Living Network. Now, we are not, we don't have a corner on this market, but we seem to be making most of the noise. I'd love to find other people that are seeing this and understanding this and wanting to become a part of that Living Network as well. And we would, we would gather with them if they're forming a Living Network in the name of Christ, according to the character of Christ, by faith, hope, and charity. They're learning to take care of one another. And whatever is going to happen in the future, we could talk all kinds of doomsday stuff. That's what you need. You don't need what I see coming out of some of the rhetoric of the guardians of the republic. So let's go back to that. Oh, okay, so the contracts weren't hidden. The old republic became dormant, according to them. Uh, it was abandoned. It wasn't just dormant. It was abandoned. And everybody has left it. If, they, if you leave... Of property for 50 years, it can be claimed in adverse possession. There were a few other claims that you had to, supposedly they had to open this window or door by April 1st or 10th, I can't remember the date, or you'd be forever locked into this system and you had to sign this declaration and we had to get this door open again. The church was given the job of maintaining an entrance to the kingdom of God. Peter says this. And the church has already become separate long before April 1st. 
and the ministers of the church are to maintain that entrance to the kingdom. Kingdom of God, that's the right to be ruled by God instead of by, you know, Cain and Nimrod and Babylon and the rest of them. So that door is already locked open by the blood of Jesus Christ. Problem is, you're not knocking at the right door. And so therefore, the door that's going to be open to you is a door of trouble and tri tribulation. You need to uh, knock at the right door. And that's not a door where you elect a president. This whole idea that the Constitution is your salvation is an error. The Constitution was written as if good men will take office. When bad men take office, they will steal your rights to ambuscade. So saith the prophet Patrick Henry. That is not your solution. And as I said in the book Higher Liberty, we go into it. Uh, book co Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions, uh, that's also free to those who join the Living Network. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can see it in HTML right now. That went out on the Kingdom News list, I think, just uh, a matter of days ago, that you can read the whole thing with active footnotes, hundreds of footnotes, showing you that the people weren't a party to the Constitution. That's right. They're, they were never a party to the Constitution. Now, you, you may be a party to the corporate Constitution of the United States, but that's because you've entered into not hidden contracts, but constructive contracts to praying to those men, to applying to those men for benefits, even though you know you will only receive those benefits at the expense of your neighbor. You see, they get you to commit a crime. They got you in the mafiosa. You have to covet your neighbor's goods in order to become, you know, and obtain voting rights in their institution. Now, you can't do away with that. They have a right to go that way. You have a right to turn around and start going the other way. That doesn't free you instantaneously from any previous obligations. You may have already said, yeah, I owe the tax. And then now you say, oh, yeah, I changed my mind. I don't want to owe the tax. You may still have to pay the tax. I, you know, it's an individual thing, and I can't speak for everybody. I don't want to speak in generalizations. But if you said you would pay the tax, pay the tax. But there is a way that you can start moving away from the ways of sin and start moving toward us telling you how to do that. And we're showing you how he said how to do that. And we'll show you the history of how that was done. And we do it in books like the Free Church Report and, and Thy Kingdom Come, which are also available for free if you join the Living Network. So this uh, uh, contract is law between the parties having received their consent. But the people, the general people, were not we the people of the United States. They were the people of the several states. And they were not a party to it. This is Supreme Court rule very clearly. You know, back before the Civil War, later you could become a party. A contract is law between the parties having received their consent. How do you consent? By application is consent. Nothing is so contrary to consent as force and fear, so the application must be free will. <laughs> it is. As a matter of fact, they got you applying to this new republic by a free will signing of a declaration. Be very careful. We probably won't get to that this week, but we will next week. We'll start on Blog Talk, hopefully, if we've got that ironed out, and we'll finish on First Amendment Radio. Uh, nothing is so contrary to consent as force and fear, so they have to make it voluntary. What is mine cannot be taken away by, except by consent. And one of those usurpations that they were complaining about in the uh, Declaration of Independence was not taxation without representation, which we always hear everybody saying. I can't even hardly find that phrase back then. It was taxation without consent. If you're electing a representative, he's just representing you. You haven't consented to what he says yet, an agreement he makes. He's just representing you. This is what you're doing with the Living Network. He doesn't have any power to make an agreement. If your PCM, your personal contact measure, he can't make an agreement for you. This is a free government we're talking about, based on faith, open charity. He is a representative, but he's not a representative like you see in the representatives in Congress and Senate today. They're lawmakers. 
They call themselves lawmakers. A lawmaker is not a representative. He's a lawmaker. And you can see that. You go and say, oh, we don't want this. We don't want that. Everybody's saying it. And they say, oh, yes, you do. You want this, and we're going to pass it. And they pass it. <laughs> and you have to go along with it because you've already contracted away your rights because you gave them power because you created offices of power instead of offices of service. The presidential office of the United States originally was an office of power, but it was an office of power granted by the states, not by the people. They never voted for it. They never signed anything. They weren't a party to it. They weren't we the people. We the people are the people that went from the states to the federal government to vote there. They couldn't vote away your rights back then, but you can not maintain your rights according to the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. How do you maintain your rights? Maintain your responsibility. Take care of yourself. These guys think they're a free republic still collecting Social Security, still collecting government benefits. You can't do that. Now you think, oh, well, I can't do without those things. I'm not telling you to do without those things. That's the unrighteous mammon. That is provided to you by men with guns to go out and collect from your congregation to make sure there's enough money to pay you that welfare, that unemployment, that Social Security, whatever it is, that disability payment. That's the unright. That's not based on faith, open charity. That's based on men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority, which Christ said you were not to be like in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What I'm saying is start creating the alternate system. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and that righteousness. Because that unrighteous mammon will fail, which is what Christ said, and it did. And now we've built it again. It will fail again. And you need to have the alternative in place, which is the kingdom of God, which is based on righteousness. Start coming together and do that. Join me on Blog Talk. And when you can ask me questions about the kingdom of God, the Living Network, and the whirlwind tour. Till then, God bless. Peace be upon your house. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.